Part One of Myths and Legends of the Great Plains by Catherine Barry Judson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Creation, Osage, Wazaza Group. Way beyond, once upon a time, some of the Osages lived in the sky. They did not know where they came from, so they went to Sun. They said, From where did we come? He said, You are my children. Then they wandered still further and came to Moon. Moon said, I am your mother, Sun is your father, you must go away from here, you must go down to the earth and live there. So they came to the earth, but found it covered with water. They could not return up above, they wept, but no answer came to them. They floated about in the air, seeking help from some god, but they found none. Now all the animals were with them. Elk was the finest and most stately. They all trusted Elk. So they called to Elk, Help us! Then Elk dropped into the water and began to sink. Then he called to the winds. The winds came from all sides, and they blew until the waters went upwards as in a mist. Now before that the winds had traveled in only two directions. They went from north to south and from south to north. But when Elk called to them, they came from the east, from the north, from the west, and from the south. They met at a central place, and then they carried the waters upward. Now at first the people could see only the rocks, so they traveled on the rocky places, but nothing grew there, and there was nothing to eat. Then the waters continued to vanish. At last the people could see the soft earth. When Elk saw the earth, he was so joyous he rolled over and over on the earth. Then all the loose hairs clung to the soil. So the hares grew, and from them sprang beans, corn, potatoes, and wild turnips, and at last all the grasses and trees. Now the people wandered over the land. They found human footsteps. They followed them. They joined with them and traveled with them in search of food. Hoga Group The Hoga came down from above and found the earth covered with water. They flew in every direction. They sought for gods who would help them and drive the water away. They found not one. Then Elk came. He had a loud voice, and he shouted to the four corners of the sky. The four winds came in answer. They blew upon the water, and it vanished upwards in a mist. Then the people could see the rocks. Now there was only a little space on the rocks. They knew they must have more room. The people were crowded, so they sent Muskrat down into the water. He did not come back. He was drowned. Then they sent Loon down. He did not come back. He was drowned. Then they sent Beaver down into the water. The water was too deep, and Beaver was drowned. Then Crawfish dived into the water. He was gone a long time. When he came up, there was a little mud in his claws. Crawfish was so tired he died. But the people took the mud out of his claws and made the land. How the World Was Made Cherokee The earth is a great floating island in the sea of water. At each of the four corners there is a cord hanging down from the sky. The sky is of solid rock. When the world grows old and worn out, the cords will break, and then the earth will sink down into the ocean. Everything will be water again. All the people will be dead. The Indians are much afraid of this. In the long time ago, when everything was all water, all the animals lived up above, in Galunilate, beyond the stone arch that made the sky. But it was very much crowded. All the animals wanted more room. 
The animals began to wonder what was below the water, and at last Beaver's grandchild, Little Water Beetle, offered to go and find out. Water Beetle darted in every direction over the surface of the water, but it could find no place to rest. There was no land at all. Then Water Beetle dived to the bottom of the water and brought up some soft mud. This began to grow and to spread out on every side until it became the island which we call the earth. Afterwards this earth was fastened to the sky with four cords, but no one remembers who did this. At first the earth was flat and soft and wet. The animals were anxious to get down, and they sent out different birds to see if it was yet dry, but there was no place to alight, so the birds came back to Galunalate. Then at last it seemed to be time again, so they sent out Buzzard. They told him to go and make ready for them. This was the great Buzzard, the father of all the Buzzards we see now. He flew all over the earth, low down near the ground, and it was still soft. When he reached the Cherokee country, he was very tired. His wings began to flap and strike the ground. Wherever they struck, the earth there was a valley. Whenever the wings turned upwards again, there was a mountain. When the animals above saw this, they were afraid that the whole world would be mountains, so they called him back, but the Cherokee country remains full of mountains to this day. This was the original home in North Carolina. When the earth was dry and the animals came down, it was still dark. Therefore they got the sun and set it in a track to go every day across the island from east to west, just overhead. It was too hot this way. Red crawfish had his shell scorched a bright red, so that his meat was spoiled. Therefore the Cherokee do not eat it. Then the medicine men raised the sun a hand's breadth in the air, but it was still too hot. They raised it another time, and then another time. At last they had raised it seven hand's breadth, so that it was just under the sky arch. Then it was right, and they left it so. That is why the medicine men call the high place the seventh height. Every day the sun goes along under this arch on the underside. It returns at night on the upper side of the arch to its starting place. There is another world under this earth. It is like this one in every way. The animals, the plants, and the people are the same, but the seasons are different. The streams that come down from the mountains are the trails by which we reach this underworld. The springs at their head are the doorways by which we enter it. But in order to enter the other world, one must fast and then go to the water and have one of the underground people for a guide. We know that the seasons in the underground world are different because the water in the spring is always warmer in winter than the air in this world, and in the summer the water is cooler. We do not know who made the first plants and animals, but when they were first made they were told to watch and keep awake for seven nights. This is the way young men do now when they fast and pray to their medicine. They tried to do this. The first night nearly all the animals stayed awake. The next night several of them dropped asleep. The third night still more went to sleep. At last, on the seventh night, only the owl, the panther, and one or two more were still awake. Therefore to these were given the power to see in the dark, to go about as if it were day, and to kill and eat the birds and animals which must sleep during the night. Even some of the trees went to sleep. 
Only the cedar, the pine, the spruce, the holly, and the laurel were awake all seven nights. Therefore they are always green. They are also sacred trees. But to the other trees it was said, because you did not stay awake, therefore you shall lose your hair every winter. After the plants and the animals, men began to come to the earth. At first there was only one man and one woman. He hit her with a fish. In seven days a little child came down to the earth. So people came to the earth. They came so rapidly that for a time it seemed as though the earth could not hold them all. THE FLOOD AND THE RAINBOW DELAWARE, LENI LENAPI The Leni Lenape are the first people, so that they know this story is true. After the creation of the earth, the mysterious one covered it with a blue roof. Sometimes the roof was very black. Then the Manitou of waters became uneasy. He feared the rain would no longer be able to pour down upon the earth through this dark roof. Therefore the Manitou of waters prayed to the mysterious one that the waters from above be not cut off. At once the mysterious one commanded to blow the spirit of the wind who dwells in the darkening land. At once thick clouds arose, they covered all the earth so that the dark roof could no longer be seen. Then the voice of the mysterious one was heard amongst the clouds. The voice was deep and heavy, like the sound of falling rivers. Then the spirit of rain, the brother of the spirit of waters and the spirit of the winds, poured down water from above. The waters fell for a long time. They fell until all the earth was covered. Then the birds took refuge in the branches of the highest trees. The animals followed the trails to the mountain peaks. Then the Manitou of waters feared no longer. Therefore the mysterious one ordered the rain to cease and the clouds to disappear. Then Sengowichi Naksab, the rainbow, was seen in the sky. Therefore the Leni Lenape watch for the rainbow, because it means that the mysterious one is no longer angry. The First Fire Cherokee In the beginning there was no fire, and the world was cold. Then the thunders, who lived up in Galunalate, sent their lightning and put fire into the bottom of a hollow sycamore tree, which grew on an island. The animals knew it was there because they could see the smoke coming out at the top but they could not get to it on account of the water, so they held a council to decide what to do. This was a long, long time ago. Every animal was anxious to go after the fire. Raven offered. He was large and strong, so he was sent first. He flew high and far across the water and lighted on the sycamore tree. There he perched, wondering what to do next. Then he looked at himself. The heat had scorched his feathers black. Raven was so frightened, he flew back across the water without any fire. Then little Wahoohoo, the screech owl, offered to go. He flew high and far across the water and perched upon a hollow tree. As he sat there looking into the hollow tree, wondering what to do, a blast of hot air came up and hurt his eyes. Screech owl was frightened. He flew back as best he could because he could hardly see. That is why his eyes are red, even to this day. Then Hooting Owl and the Horned Owl went, but by the time they reached the hollow tree, the fire was blazing so fiercely that the smoke nearly blinded them. The ashes carried up by the breeze made white rings around their eyes, so they had to come home without fire. Therefore they have white rings around their eyes. None of the rest of the birds would go to the fire. 
Then Uksui, the racer snake, said he would go through the water and bring back fire. He swam to the island and crawled through the grass to the tree. Then he went into the tree by a small hole at the bottom, but the heat and smoke were dreadful. The ground at the bottom of the tree was covered with hot ashes. The racer darted back and forth trying to get off the ashes, and at last managed to escape through the same hole by which he had entered, but his body had been burned black. Therefore he is now the black racer, and that is why the black racer darts around and doubles on his track as if trying to escape. Then great black snake, the climber, offered to go for fire. He was much larger than the black racer. Black snake swam over to the island and climbed up the tree on the outside, as the black snake always does, but when he put his head down into the hole, the smoke choked him so that he fell into the burning stump. Before he could climb out, he too was burned black. So the birds and the animals and the snakes held another council. The world was still very cold. There was no fire. But all the birds and all the snakes and all the four-footed animals refused to go for fire. They were all afraid of the burning sycamore. Then Water Spider said she would go. This is not the water spider that looks like a mosquito, but the other one, the one with black downy hair and red stripes on her body. She could run on top of the water or dive to the bottom. The animal said, How can you bring back fire? But water spider spun a thread from her body and wove it into a tusty bowl, which she fastened on her back. Then she swam over to the island and threw the grass to the fire. Water Spider put one little coal of fire into her bowl and then swam back with it. That is how fire came to the world, and that is why Water Spider has a tusty bowl on her back. The Ancestors of People Osage There are people who come from under the water. They lived in the water weeds that hang down, all green, into the water. They have leaves upon their stems. Now the water people lived in shells. The shells were their houses and kept the water out. There were other animals who lived under the earth. Cougar lived under the earth and bear and buffalo. These creatures came up out of the ground. Then the shell people came up to the earth also, and the sky people came down. So all these three peoples live together. They are the fathers of the people who live on the earth today. Origin of Strawberries, Cherokee When the world was new, there was one man and one woman. They were happy, and then they quarreled. At last the woman left the man and began to walk away toward the sunland, the east land. The man followed. He felt sorry, but the woman walked straight on. She did not look back. Then Sun, the great apportioner, was sorry for the man. He said, Are you still angry with your wife? The man said, No. Sun said, Would you like to have her come back to you? Yes, said the man. So Sun made a great patch of huckleberries, which he placed in front of the woman's trail. She passed them without paying any attention to them. Then Sun made a clump of blackberry bushes and put those in front of her trail. The woman walked on. Then Sun created beautiful serviceberry bushes, which stood beside the trail. And still the woman walked on. So Sun made other fruits and berries, but the woman did not look at them. Then the Sun created a patch of beautiful ripe strawberries. They were the first strawberries. When the woman saw those, she stopped to gather a few. As she gathered them, she turned her face toward the west. 
Then she remembered the man. She turned to the sunland, but could not go on. She could not go any further. Then the woman picked some of the strawberries and started back on her trail, away from the sunland. So her husband met her, and they went back together. Sacred Legend, Omaha In the beginning the people were in water. They opened their eyes, but they could see nothing. As the people came out of the water, they first saw the daylight. They had no clothing. Then they took weeds and grasses, and from them wove clothing. The people lived near a large body of water. It was in a wooded country where there was game. The men hunted the deer with clubs. They did not know the use of the bow. The people wandered about the shores of the great water. They were poor and cold. The people thought, What shall we do to help ourselves? So they began chipping stones. They found a bluish stone that was easily flaked and chipped, so they made knives and arrowheads out of it. But they were still poor and cold. They thought, What shall we do? Then a man found an elm root that was very dry. He dug a hole in it and put a stick in and rubbed it. Then smoke came. He smelled it. Then the people smelled it and came near. Others helped him to rub. At last a spark came. They blew this into a flame. Thus fire came to warm the people and to cook their food. After this the people built grass houses. They cut the grass with the shoulder blade of a deer. Now the people had fire and ate their meat roasted. Then they grew tired of roast meat. They thought, how shall we cook our meat differently? A man found a piece of clay that stuck well together. Then he brought sand to mix with it. Then he molded it as a pot. Then he gathered grass until he had a large heap of it. He put the clay pot into the midst of the grass and set it on fire. This made the clay hard. After a time he put water into the pot, and the water did not leak out. This was good. So he put water into it, and then meat into it, and put the pot over the fire. Thus the people had boiled meat to eat. Now their grass coverings would grow fuzzy and drop off. It was hard to gather and keep these coverings. The people were not satisfied. Again they thought, what can we do to have something different to wear? Before this they had been throwing away the hides from the game which they killed. But now they took their stone knives to scrape down the hides and make them thin. They rubbed the hides with grass and with their hands to make them soft. Then they used the hides for clothing. Now they had clothing and were warm. Now the women had to break the dry wood to keep up the fires. They had no tools. So the men made a stone axe with a groove. Then they put a handle on the grooved stone and fastened it with rawhide. This was used. Then they wanted something better to break the wood, so they made wedges of stone. Now the grass shelter came to pieces easily. Then the people thought, what shall we do? How can we get something that will not come to pieces? Then they tried putting skins on poles. First they tried deer skins, but they were too small. Then they tried elk skins, but they became hard and stiff in the rain and sun. Then they did not try skins longer. They used bark to cover the poles of their teepees. But the bark houses were not warm. Then the people took the leg bone of the deer and splintered it. So they made sharp pieces for awls. Then they took buffalo skins and sinews, and with the awl they fastened the skins together. So they made comfortable covers for their teepees. Then a man wandered around a long time. 
One day he found some small pieces of something which were white and red and blue. He thought they must be something of great value, so he hid them in a mound of earth. Now one day he went to see if they were safe. Behold, when he came to the mound, green stalks were growing out of it, and on the stalks were small kernels of white and red and blue. Behold, it was corn. Then the man took the corn and gave it to the people. They tried it for food, and they found it good, and have ever since called it their life. Now when the people found the corn good, they thought to hide it in mounds as the first man had done. So they took the shoulder blade of an elk and made mounds. Then they hid the corn in it, so the corn grew and the people had food. Now the people wandered around. They came to a forest where the birch trees grew. There was a great lake there. Then they made canoes of birch bark. They traveled in them on the water. Then a man found two young animals. He carried them home. He fed them so they grew bigger. Then he made a harness which he placed upon them and fastened it to poles. So these animals became burden bearers. Before that, every burden had to be carried on the back. Now the dogs help the people. The Legend of the Peace Pipes, Omaha. The people came across a great water on logs tied together. They pitched their tents on the shore. Then they thought to make for themselves certain bounds within which they were to live and rules which should govern them. They cleared a space of grass and weeds so they could see each other's faces. They sat down and there was no obstruction between them. While they were holding a council, an owl hooted in the trees nearby. The leader said, That bird is to take part in our council. He calls to us. He offers us his aid. Immediately afterward they heard a woodpecker. He knocked against the trees. The leader said, That bird calls to us. He offers us his aid. He will take part in our council. Then the chief appointed a man as servant. He said, Go into the woods and get an ash sapling. The servant came back with the sapling having a rough bark. We do not want that, said the leader. Go again and get a sapling with a smooth bark, bluish in color at the point where a branch comes. So the servant went out and came back with a sapling of the kind described. When the leader took up the sapling, an eagle came and soared about the council, which was sitting in the grass. He dropped a downy feather. It fell. It fell in the center of the cleared space. Now this was the white eagle. The chief said, This is not what we want. So the white eagle passed on. Then the bald eagle came swooping down, as though attacking its prey. It balanced itself on its wings directly over the cleared space. It uttered fierce cries and dropped one of its downy feathers, which stood on the ground as the other eagle's feather had done. The chief said, This is not what we want, so the bald eagle passed on. Then came the spotted eagle and soared over the council and dropped its feather, as the others had done. The chief said, This is not what we want, and the spotted eagle passed on. Then the imperial eagle, the eagle with the fantail, came and soared over the people. It dropped a downy feather which stood upright in the center of the cleared space. The chief said, This is what we want. So the feathers of this eagle were used in making the peace pipes, together with the feathers of the owl and woodpecker and with other things. These peace pipes were to be used in forming friendly relations with other tribes. 
When the peace pipes were made, seven other pipes were made for keeping peace within the tribe. One pipe was to prevent revenge. If one man should kill another, the chief took this pipe to the relatives and offered it to them. If the relatives of the dead man refused to accept it, it was offered again. It was offered four times. If it was refused four times, the chief said, Well, you must take the consequences. We will do nothing, and you cannot now ask to see the pipes. He meant if they took revenge and any trouble came to them, they could not ask for help or for mercy. Each band had its own pipe. A Tradition of the Calumet Leni Lenape in the days of the old men, far to the north, there lived a nation with many villages. Their warriors were as many as the buffalo herds on the plains toward the darkening land. Their tepees were many on the shores of a beautiful lake and along wide rivers. Then the mysterious one, whose voice was in the clouds, told the chiefs of a great nation, also of many villages, which hunted through all the country from the big water in the sunrise to the mountains in the darkening land. Then the chiefs and the old men held a council. Runners came from many villages to the great council, and the council voice was to go to the great nation to the south, the nation with many villages, and bring back scalps and horses. So the chiefs and warriors went out one by one. Then runners were sent to all the villages, ordering the chiefs to dance the scalp dance. Suddenly there came through the sky a great white bird, it came from the forest and flew into the village of the great chief. It rested above the head of the chief's daughter. Then the chief's daughter heard a voice in her heart. The voice said, Call all the chiefs and warriors together. Tell them the mysterious one is sad because they seek the scalps of the Leni Lenape, the first people. Tell the warriors they must wash their hands in the blood of a young fawn. They must go with many presents to the first people. They must carry to the first people Hobowakan the Calumet. Thus the first people and the mighty people with many villages on the shore of the lake smoked together the pipe of council. So there was peace. The Sacred Pole Omaha a young man who had been wandering came back to his village. When he reached his home, he said, Father, I have seen a wonderful tree. Then he told his father about it. The old man was silent because all was not yet settled between the tribes. The Cheyenne, the Arakara, the Omaha, Ponca, and Iowa were having a great council so as to adopt rules concerning the hunting of game and of peace and war. After a while, the young man went to visit the tree. When he reached home, he told his father again of it. The old man was silent, for the chiefs were still holding their council. At last, when the council was over and the rules decided upon, the old man sent for the chiefs. He said, My son has seen a wonderful tree. The thunderbirds come and go upon this tree. They make a trail of fire which leaves four paths on the burnt grass that stretch towards the four winds. When the thunderbirds alight upon the tree, it bursts into flame. The fire mounts to the top. The tree stands burning, but no one can see the fire except at night. When the chiefs heard this tale, they sent runners to see what this tree might be. The runners came back and told the same story. In the night they had seen the tree burning as it stood. 
Then all the people held a council as to what this might mean. The chief said, We shall run for it. Put on your ornaments and prepare as if for battle. The warriors painted themselves as if for war. They put on their ornaments. They set out for the tree which stood near a lake. They ran as if it were a race to attack the enemy. All the men ran. Aponka was the first to reach the tree, and he struck it as if it were an enemy. Then they cut the tree down. Four men, walking in a straight line, carried it on their shoulders to the village. The chiefs for four nights sang the songs made in honor of the tree. They held a council about the tree. A tent was made for it, and it was set up in the circle of lodges. The chiefs worked upon it. They trimmed it and called it a human being. They made a basket of twigs and feathers and tied it halfway up the tree. Then they said, It has no hair. So they sent out to get a large scalp lock, and they put it on top of pole for hair. Afterwards the chiefs told the criers to tell the people that when the pole was completed they should see it. Then they painted pole and set it up before the tent. They leaned it on a crotched stick. Then they called all the people, and all the people came. Men, women, and children came. When they were all together, the chief said, This is a mystery. Whenever we meet with trouble, we shall bring all our prayers to Pole. We shall make offerings to him. We shall ask him for what we need. When we ask anything, we must make gifts. If anyone desires to become a chief, he shall make presents to the keepers of the Pole, and they shall give him authority to be a chief. When all was finished, the people said, Let us appoint a time when we shall again paint pole, when we shall act before him the battles we have fought. So they fixed the time in the moon when the buffaloes bellow. Icto and the Thunders Teton Icto once stood on the bank of a stream across which he could not swim. He stood on the bank and thought. Then he sang, I stand, thinking often, oh, that I might reach the other side. Just then a long something passed, swimming against the current. When it reached Icto, it said, I will take you across, but you must not lift your head above the water. Should you notice even a small cloud, warn me at once, as I must go under the water. If you see a small cloud, you must say, Younger brother, your grandfather is coming. Before the other bank was reached, Icto looked up. He saw a small cloud and said, Younger brother, your grandfather is coming. There was a sudden commotion. When Icto became conscious again, the thunder beings were roaring and the water was dashing high, but the monster had vanished. End of Part 1